It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. Chris Landry, football family. Welcome back to the program. This is Sky, the host of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, streaming live on Twitch Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. You can check out all of the Landry Football podcasts and Twitch channels and networks, anything from high school football to college football to NFL proper, and we are your lone station for fantasy football. So come and join us. Jump into the chat room. The last couple episodes, we have had plenty of interaction in the comment section, so please jump in there. As you can see, I am rolling solo today. If you're new to the program, we do have a co-host, my man Lucas Kaser, always bringing heaters. He has been out the last couple of days for some personal matters, but he'll be back next week and he is alive and well. We just want to make sure that we give him the appropriate time to settle in and handle things that he needs to take care of. So he will be back with us next week. We'll be also introducing a new guest, a team member to uh, the Landry Football Network, but he's been on the TCK Pod team for quite a while. And of course, yesterday, you uh, were reacquainted with our good friend Chris Benavides of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. He'll be on every single Wednesday. So Lucas and I do a lot of this stuff on our own, but we are trying to bring in more minds so that we get fresh takes. So we will be having a guest hopefully on Mondays with Lucas, and we'll be having Chris Benavides jump on with me on Wednesdays, and then hopefully Tuesday and Thursday, Lucas and I can take you to the finish line. So this is episode 200. 43 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast and episode 8 of the TCK Pod on the Landry Football Networks. Today we're going to be breaking down our tight end rankings. If you have been with us all week, we have been breaking down Monday was quarterback, Tuesday was running back, Wednesday wide receivers, and of course that leads us to today with the tight ends. What I've done here is I've taken the consensus tight end rankings of our TCK team and we uh, I'm going to give you those averages and what we have as our consensus rankings for the tight ends right now, and I'll kind of break down where I sit individually on those. Again, please jump into the chat room here. Leave us a comment. It is live on Twitch right now. So if you jump a comment into the section here, we've had a couple of people participating the last few days. Drop a comment. Once I get around to it, I will bring it up on the screen if it's relevant, and we will uh, talk through it. So if you have any questions about a particular player, tight end specific today, um, about rankings, how rankings work, how to use rankings, maybe the difference between rankings and tiers, which is definitely a difference in fantasy football. Any of those questions, clarifications, discussion points, come join me live in the discussion room. Also, please make sure to go to LandryFootball.com again to join all and any of the football programs that we have on here. We are growing the team rapidly. We are also starting to join in some incredible supporters and some sponsors. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to us. And if you want to help support the brand here for TCK pod and the fantasy football network here on Landry football, you can reach out to us direct and we can go ahead and get you started and make you uh, an awesome partner and a teammate as we jump into the season. We only have a couple weeks left of our non preseason with the games getting canceled, but Coming down the pipeline here in just a couple of weeks, we do have the Chiefs and the Texans kicking off the NFL season. Before I get into our rankings, I do have a special announcement and kind of a teaser for right now. Lucas and I are going to dive into this much more next week when he gets back, so I don't want to spill all the beans until he's here with us, but I do want to give everybody 
a heads up. It's been a long time coming. I've been kind of putting it on the back burner for a while because Lucas and I have been going really hard on our draft guide that you can find at tckpod.com. Make sure to go grab one of those. We have a couple weeks left of the preseason draft guide for only five bucks. We also have a midseason draft guide for five bucks as well, and then 15 for both of those and extra one-on-one personal coaching with Lucas, myself, other team members of the TCK pod, um, and the commish crew is jumping in on that as well to team up with us to help you with your fantasy leagues in any format, DFS, Dynasty, Redraft, what have you. So make sure to go get yourself a draft guide at tckpod.com. But we have been putting off the listener league announcement for quite a while because Lucas and I have been really deep into the draft guide. Well, the time is now. I am very, very happy to announce officially we are moving forward with the TCK Pod Listener League. Last year, we just had one league. We had 12 participants. It was killer. Lucas actually brought home the championship. I got knocked out in the semis. That's how it goes. Uh, But we will be looking to dethrone Lucas and looking to get our own TCK titles uh, this year. And we're excited to announce that we're going to have more than one league. Um, We're going to have two at least, and it kind of depends on the amount of applicants. So I know a lot of folks have been reaching out to us asking about that. So if you're on the podcast and you've been hearing me say this for months, (laughs) then the time is now. Please make sure to DM us on either Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod or DM us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Those are the two ways that you can get a hold of us. What I needed to do is jump on to Apple uh, music, jump on to Spotify, jump on to Stitcher, whatever it is, jump on to Landry Football Networks, wherever you listen to our podcast or on YouTube. And of course, it's YouTube, Candlestick Kids. Wherever you listen to us and get your information from us in our avenue, I want to make sure that you are a dedicated listener for this listener league because that's who it's for. It's for the listeners and supporters of this program. So if you're a dedicated listener or a viewer or supporter and follower of this program and you want to get involved with our TCK Pod listener league, Please go to any avenue that you listen to it on the podcast or the YouTube or Landry Football. Send us, leave us an honest review. It's really easy. Okay. Hit subscribe, hit follow, leave us an honest review. And please jump into the DMs or leave a comment on YouTube or Landry Football. Let us know. I did this last year and it was awesome. I learned a lot. People really enjoyed this this formatting. So I'm going to do it again this year. Please jump in there. Okay. If you can leave a screenshot of your review so that I know you did it, I would really appreciate that. But we're going to do honor system on here. I trust y'all. Please jump into our DMs and leave us an honors review, okay? What I want you to tell me is how long you've been listening to the program. Maybe it was your first episode and you happened to catch this and you're interested, so you're dived in. Excellent. Maybe you've been listening since 2018 when we started this program. Excellent. Maybe you're somewhere in between, okay? Let us know roughly how long you've been listening to this program. I want you to please tell me one thing that you really appreciate about this program and also, and more importantly, one thing that we can improve on. Over the years, we've heard a lot of different things, right? My audio was horrendous when we started this program, right? Because it was kind of just a passion project. But I've gone out. I've got a better microphone. I've got a better setup. I'm hoping to get you know everything worked out. We go hit or miss because the internet's going crazy right now with everybody on it due to COVID. But For the most part, our audio has significantly increased. So that was one thing we fixed right away. We started bringing on more guests because people wanted to hear other people's perspectives. Lucas became more involved when he just kind of jumped on as a guest himself early on. We brought back guests that y'all appreciate. We started a draft guide. That was another thing, right? So please let us know what you enjoy about the podcast and what we can improve on. All right. I have strong feelings. I have a strong soul. I'm sure I can take your criticism and I really, really appreciate it. All right. So do it tactfully, please. If you have something rude to say, feel free to do it. But uh, I deal with enough garbage in my in my everyday life anyway. I don't need to do it on these channels. So please be honest. Let us know. Leave an honest review. How you what you like about the program, something we can grow on with the program. We'll do our best about that. And also let us know that you're interested and why you're interested in in, in the TCK pod league specifically. Once you do that, that'll be your initial kind of letting us know that you're interested. We can follow up from there and let you know. I will tell you that um, I'm expecting applicants to be pretty heavy this year. There was a lot of people after the fact last year that weren't able to make it. So we are going to cut it off. I would say three leagues max maybe, which means we only have 24 spots because 12 of those are already reserved from last year's players. So we have about 24 spots available, right? Where the draft date is TBD. I'm going to jump on with Lucas next week and we'll announce all that stuff. So give us just a little bit to uh, jump into 
how we feel about the draft uh, date and everything. We'll work it out and, and work around people's schedules and uh, format and everything else. But we are looking to do TZK Pod Listener League. We're excited about it. This will be uh, this will be another year here. So if you're interested, jump into the DMs. Tell us why you want to join the league. Tell us one thing you enjoy about it. Tell us one thing we can improve upon and how long you've been listening to the TCK pod and then send us an honest review, please. It would really, really appreciate it um, on Apple Music for your podcast or on Spotify, the Chris Landry Networks. Make sure you hit the heart right here on Twitch to make sure to subscribe to this channel so you can catch us every Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 Eastern PM time so that we can be live with you and make sure to jump into the comment section. All right, y'all, quite the intro. I know. Thank you for sticking with me. I'm excited about the, the uh, TCK Pod League. We're going to get more information as Lucas comes on next week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But without any further ado, let's jump into this. We are covering tight end rankings today, and I am going to get into this for the rest of this hour. And again, I will be kind of looking away at other spreadsheets and things as we do this. So if you are in the comment section, please just hold with me and uh, we will get in there once I'm able to do so. All right, y'all, here we go. So I have taken Lucas and my consensus rankings as well as got input from Dwayne, who was Dwee's Nuts on Twitter, who some of you have heard with Lucas. He will be coming on hopefully on Mondays moving forward when he's available. And then also, again, we had a great episode with Chris Benavides of the Commission FFP yesterday on wide receivers. So we are taking some of the consensus rankings here for tight ends. I'm going to roll through our top 24 tight ends and then give you just a couple honorable mentions at the end if you're in deeper leagues, tight end premium, where you want to kind of uh, you know bone up on maybe an extra tight end or two late. So you can absolutely do that. So let's jump in here to the tight end rankings. And we'll start right up at the top. No surprises here for the first handful. We both agree that Travis Kelsey in redraft, Travis Kelsey is our number one, bona fide number one tight end the last handful of years. I could see Kittle overtaking him absolutely he's more efficient he has more yards per catch I like that a lot and with Debo Samuel out I could see Kittle jumping Kelsey but just like Gronkowski over the years when he was in his prime until it happens I got to give Kelsey that that lead there so I'm going to give Kelsey the edge at number one Kittle a very 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 close two maybe a 1b if anybody were to jump Kelsey for Kittle in that second third round in your drafts I would not at all um opposed to that. So Kelsey Kittle back to back one and two, however you have them, I think is uh, pretty much the consensus at the top. Next up, Lucas and I are differentiated on Zach Ertz, Darren Waller and Mark Andrews. Okay. So we have them at three, four and five respectively. Um, but just in kind of a different order, there's also Hayden Hurst and Hunter Henry in that mix as well. So consensus, we have Zach Ertz at number three. Okay. Again, Tight end one type numbers in 78.6% of his games in two th- since 2017. Ertz has also, you know, started to regress a little bit in 2018. That mark went down to 60, uh, 68.8 and then just 53.3% in 2019. So he is regressing, you know, roughly 10 to 12% each year, but he is still the number one target, I believe, in that offense. All right. We don't know how Miles Sanders is going to is going to fare. I like Miles Sanders a lot, but are they going to bring in a veteran? Are they going to go to the run game more often? We'll see. That defense should be very impressive. So hopefully they're in positive game scripts for the Eagles. They have more of a balanced offense. But with Alshon Jeffrey already injured, Deshaun Jackson coming back healthy-ish, but he's oft injured. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside we thought was going to produce last year. Didn't do much, although he was in spurts. Nelson Aguilar, who had a nice season last year, he is gone. He's with the Raiders now. And I love Jalen Rager, who is the uh, rookie for the Eagles here. But again, he's a rookie in the COVID season. It could be a while until he produces. So it just makes me think that when Wentz drops back and he's in trouble, they usually look Ertz first anyway, especially in the red zone, right? But even with the first downs, a third and three, a third and five, a play action, it's Ertz and then somebody else. So I got to keep Ertz at number three. I personally have Mark Andrews just above Zach Ertz, but Lucas has Ertz at number three. And honestly, I mean, I can't argue with that. Just like Kelsey and Kittle, I think Ertz and Andrews are very close as well. So Dallas Goddard actually will come up in this list uh, with us as well. He finished number 10 overall last year in his own right. So Dallas Goddard is definitely making his mark 
And I do believe that this is a rare tight end handcuff situation. If you draft Zach Ertz and maybe the sixth round, where actually I think you're getting volume these days from where he used to be, I think you have to reach for Dallas Goddard and grab him and say, you know, 13th, 14th round uh, if you have Zach Ertz, just because you got to have that handcuff. Because as, as much as Ertz is kind of a weekly top five tight end, Dallas Goddard would absolutely, and maybe then some. He's bigger, faster, stronger, younger. If Ertz does go down, we know that Ertz, um, Wentz likes to target the tight end there, uh, and Philly does in general. So love Zach Ertz there at number three. Number four, Mark Andrews, again, if you want to swap these guys, I would have no problem with that. Andrews has still yet to have a game in the NFL where he's seen double-digit targets, which is insane. Um, he did have 10 games with seven or eight targets in 2019, so we could see him get double digits, no problem. Um, he's you know getting closer to that. Uh, the, 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 the Ravens are still going to be a run-first team. We know that with Lamar Jackson over you know 1,000 yards. He should be well over. Again, Mark Ingram, they bring in J.K. Dobbins. Uh, they also bring in a number of other wide receiver weapons. So while I do have Andrews over Ertz because I believe Goddard takes a bigger chunk of that offense, having Ertz over Andrews probably makes the most sense because, again, you're talking about target share. Okay, Andrews last year only had about 68% of his target share on his team. Okay, Snap share, I should say. Um, that is not good. It just came out kind of midsummer here. If you haven't heard yet that he is also, you know, type one diabetic. I mean, that's, that's an issue. We saw it be a problem with Jay Cutler, right? Like Mark Andrews may not be able to play more snaps, like literally because of physical deficiencies, not that he's not talented enough They get rid of Hayden Hurst, which we'll bring up in just a second. He's now in Atlanta. So that bodes well for Mark Andrews. But again, he may, may not just be able to take on that workload. I love Mark Andrews. I love the talent. Lamar Jackson loves the talent. He led uh, led tight ends and touchdowns last year. So I think he's going to be just fine. But if you're looking for a stable option and you don't mind taking Goddard late to lock up that tight end uh, in Philadelphia, I think Ertz is maybe the better idea. But if you're looking for like great floor and maybe a higher ceiling, if we see his snaps, his catch percentage, and that efficiency stick around with Andrews, I think that I, I might lean toward him. So it's really kind of flipping a coin with Kelsey and Kittle at the top. And in my opinion, also Ertz and Andrews there at three and four. So you can't really go wrong, but we do have consensus, Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, and Andrews in our top four. Coming in at number five is Darren Waller. All right, so Darren Waller came out of nowhere last year, finished top five. There's an incredible um, story with him, man, with him fighting addiction um, and you know just turning his life around. Frankly, uh, he's an incredible athlete. He's got a big, uh, big frame, incredibly athletic. Um, it, it basically came out uh, at the Ravens, who he used to play for before uh, the Raiders. The Ravens were essentially not letting him play preseason games because he was so talented. They were basically trying to like hide his talent preseason so that, you know, they can make a move for him to the Raiders. And eventually he did end up going there. And we saw what happened last year when he put all of his efforts into it. So I'm rooting for Darren Waller as a human being. As a football player, the dude's amazing. There was just one tight end in all of football who finished all 16 games with at least seven PPR points. It was Waller. So seven PPR fantasy points isn't sexy. I understand. It doesn't sound like a lot, but you got to have the floor. You have to have, we, we talked about this a lot with Chris yesterday. You have to have the Julian Edelman's. Okay. You have to have the, uh, the, the, the Tyler Boyd. All right. The uh, golden Tate, if you will, they're not sexy players per se to have huge numbers and huge games weekly, but they're going to give you 10 to 15 points per week. You have to have those floor players at the tight end position. It's even more important because it's so top heavy. Okay. So if you're going to get seven points as a floor from Darren Waller with, I mean, that's without a touchdown, I'm sure, right? So you get seven points just on catches and yardage. So it's like, what, three for 40, four for 30. That's about a tight end line on average. But you throw in a touchdown occasionally, that immediately boasts to, you know, 13, 14, 15 points right there. Not to mention maybe six catches, 70 yards, a touchdown. This upside is, is enormous. I personally have Waller. I mean, I have him at five. Lucas has him at six. I have him outside of the, the top three or four where I do see people starting to creep him up because there are just so many other weapons and new – I don't know about weapons yet, but faces and new bodies and new targets out there in Las Vegas, right? They bring in Ruggs. They bring in uh, Edwards. They bring in um, DeAndre Washington. They still have Jalen Richard. They should give more passing work to Josh Jacobs. 
right? Uh, Tyrell Williams is still there. Uh, they bring in Jason Witten, which is they're not bringing him in there to pay him to stand on the sidelines. He could go to the booth, right? Um, they still have Foster Moreau, uh, who had a couple great games there for the Texans. So there's a lot of other mouths to feed in Las Vegas. So I do have Waller, you know, still in my top five, but not in my top three or four. Um, because I just don't think he's going to have that target share, and he was incredibly efficient last year. But I'm telling you, if they feed this guy, they are going to be just fine because Darren Waller is the truth. And I really do believe that uh, now that he's got his his head fully integrated in football, which it wasn't always, um, he is he's the man there in Vegas. So I like that a lot. All right, moving down the list here, we got Hayden Hurst. I've got Hurst at seven. Lucas has him at five. He sits in at number six on average. There's a lot of different ways you can go on Hayden Hurst, man. I actually don't even feel super – I don't feel comfortable with him at number seven as the number seven tight end, but when I look below him, there's so many other question marks that if he gets the work that that uh, Austin Hooper had in Atlanta the last two seasons, he should be fine. Austin Hooper also finished tight end six the last two consecutive seasons. Hayden Hurst is as athletic, as big, basically a, a kind of a duplicate, more athletic version of Austin Hooper. So I like that a lot in this offense. Um, the Falcons should have a, a uh, another strong season for Matt Ryan. They bring in Todd Gurley, who's a, you know obviously an effective back that um, is going to keep the defense honest. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside um, are going to you know keep the secondary back. So Hayden Hurst does have an opportunity to number one eat in targets and yardage, uh, but also be really a, a focal point of this offense. So because of that, I've got him in the top seven, and Lucas actually feels better in the top five. One thing that I have mentioned a number of times with Hayden Hurst is that he has the worst tight end schedule based on strength of schedule coming into this year with the predictions. Now, I say it every time. I'm not going to keep going into it, but there's a lot of people who that don't value strength of schedule for fantasy football. I understand. It is something, though, that I do take into consideration because the reality is if he has bad matchups, it's going to be harder for him to produce. That's the reality. Now, if the Falcons play a defense that has an incredible secondary – but not a great uh, linebacking core. They're going to double-team Julio anyway because you have to. They're going to try to put another option on on um, uh, Calvin Ridley as well and maybe focus on Gurley in the run game, okay? Well, that only leaves maybe like a second-tier linebacker, uh, you know, a random D-end in coverage or a nickel cornerback trying to cover Hayden Hurst. Those are going to be matchup problems, okay? Now, if they play a defense who has kind of a rough secondary but a great linebacker core, that's different, I'm sure that's going to be a Julio and Ridley game and not so much Hayden Hurst. So again, those are things to take into consideration. Do I drop, do I draft a player or not draft a player based solely on strength of schedule? Of course not. But when I'm looking at, you know, apples to apples on the draft board and I say, oh man, well, I can get Hayden Hurst in the, you know, uh, seventh, eighth round, or I can look further down and go for a, a John o. Smith, a Jack Doyle, a, you know, a, a Blake Jarwin, um, Tyler Eifert, even who have a better strength of schedule. It's at least something that I do consider. Okay. So I, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> I do think it's important that we have a strength of schedule, but it's not the end all be all. However, it is a reason that I have Hayden Hurst behind Hunter Henry, who comes in at number seven. I have him at six. Lucas has him at, um, at nine. What this comes down to for me is I understand the injuries are there, but Tyrod Taylor has never attempted more than 27.2, so 27 and a quarter passes basically per game in a season. Okay. Henry has battled injuries and he has, you know, two quarterbacks to deal with this year. Eckler and Allen at least will be kind of first in line be, uh, uh, above Henry in the target share. However, I do think that Hunter Henry, if he can stay healthy again, as he you know did for the most part last year, he still finished number eight last year. Okay, still uber talented. Coming in the first couple seasons of uh, you know um, while he was able to stay healthy, there are statistics out there where he has been as efficient or more efficient than the top tight ends in the league over the years. That's better than Kelsey, better than Rob Gronkowski, better than Kittle in certain metrics. So the talent is there, the ability is there, the target share should be there. I am. A little concerned, and Lucas hasn't faded more than I do, and rightfully so. I'm bullish just because I think that Tyrod Taylor did okay with with Charles Clay back in the day in Buffalo, and Charles Clay is not close to the athlete that Hunter Henry is. Also, I saw Justin Herbert play every single game. I'm a duck. I live down the street from Odson Stadium. Justin Herbert obviously drafted number six overall to uh, the Chargers. 
And when he gets his opportunity, whenever it is, he is going to chuck it downfield, but he is also not afraid to throw to the tight end. The, the Ducks use the tight end quite a bit in their offense as well, and I think that that's going to bode well for Hunter Henry. Um, so even if Tyrod Taylor plays you know, half the season, I think on the back half it could be okay. So I do like Hunter Henry. I am not really excited to target him per se in my drafts. However, I do think he's a name with upside and a decent floor. But of course, we know the issue with the injuries as well as Evan Ingram coming up next. But again, sometimes after the top four or five guys, you're going to have all these question marks with tight ends anyway. So why not pick some upside with a guy that should have a floor? I like Hunter Henry in the top six there. Next up, we do have Evan Ingram coming in at number eight for me, number seven for Lucas. Now, Evan Ingram basically only played eight games last year, but he was still on pace for a thousand yards. Now, him coming back a second year, Daniel Jones, I like a lot. Okay. Um, they also bring in Jason Garrett, longtime head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Jason Garrett perennially had Jason Witten as a top 10, top 12, we'll say, top 12 tight end in fantasy football. Okay. Again, <laughs> Maybe never in his career was Jason Witten as athletic as basically a hybrid wide receiver like Evan Ingram. The injuries are there. I understand. But again, like I just said with Hunter Henry, if you're not able to get one of these top end guys, why not take a stab on Evan Ingram who can win you a week? And if he does play 12, 14 games, he could straight up be a top five, at least maybe a top three tight end with his ability, his yards after catch, very efficient and athletic. Uh, receiver basically playing tight end in an offense that should focus a little bit more on the tight end than they had previously. I know there's a lot of other mouths to feed there in New York, but honestly, Darius Slayton's going to be deep. Saquon, Saquon, he's got his own situation. Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard kind of, you know, eat each other's workload, in my opinion. And Evan Ingram basically is over the middle in his own seam routes. He can get out in the slot. He can play receiver position. I think he's going to be just fine. So I do like Evan Ingram here. Um, Lucas likes him better than I do, right? So he's number eight. Uh, Lucas has him at seven. I like Evan Ingram. If I miss on one of the top five guys and I'm in maybe the eighth or ninth round, I do want to get value on it. But if I'm in the eighth or ninth round, I might take a stab on Evan Ingram. <laughs> Use him while I can. If he gets injured week five, then I move on. But a lot of these guys you're going to stream anyway, ultimately. So again, take the ceiling with a guy like Evan Ingram. All right, next up, Jono Smith. This one, I think, is maybe one of our um, consensus hotter takes, if you will. So I have him at nine. Lucas has him at 13. Smith played 10 games last year with Ryan Tannehill, okay? Those 10-game numbers paced over 16 games would have resulted in the tight end 12 in PPR fantasy points per game. Delaney Walker, for a long time with the Titans, he's gone, right? Well, he's potentially trying to come back and resurrect his career and come back after multiple broken bones. I don't see it happening. Delaney Walker's gone for now. There's little competition in the passing game outside of A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Smith is one of the most athletic and elusive tight ends in the NFL. He has limited targets to go around, I understand, but he definitely has top 10 upside. Bill Belichick has come out saying that he already thinks that John Smith is one of the you know most athletic and talented tight ends in the NFL. We know of all the coach speak in the NFL – Bill Belichick is not participating in that. If he says something, you know, uh, good or bad, it is on the, you know, much more closer, much more close to the, uh, to the truth. So I like John Smith a lot. This guy's a physical freak. He's an absolute beast. He and AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, um, each one of these guys is like the, the biggest physical specimen at their respective positions, maybe outside of DK Metcalf for, uh, for AJ Brown. But nonetheless, again, you're looking at upside. The floor for Jono, I will say, the floor for Jono is I don't think going to be there. He is a guy that I think could straight up score five points a week or, you know, uh, 25. <laughs> I think he's got a great yards after catch. He's going to have some big catches in general. He's going to have, I think, quite a bit of touchdowns this year in this offense that, believe it or not, Ryan Tannehill was the most efficient quarterback down the stretch, and the Titans offense in general was the best statistically down the stretch. Now, a lot of that runs through Derrick Henry, obviously. However, they run off the off the um, 
play action quite a bit. So I like AJ Brown quite a bit, but I do like John Smith maybe a little bit better even because of the uh, nature of this offense working off play action. So I'm going with John at number nine. You can get him in your 13th or 14th round, and I've got him in the top 10. This is a perfect pairing, in my opinion. Go with Evan Ingram in, say, you know, the sixth round. You know, if you have to, if you've got running backs, you've got receivers, and you're just kind of looking at that, like, and hey, do I get a middle round quarterback, a middle round uh, tight end with the value, or do I get my fourth receiver, fourth running back? Take a stab on Evan Ingram, huge upside. Then go and get John o. Smith six rounds later. And I think that's a great duo there. Um, and hopefully, John o. Smith will really get an established role over the first couple of games. Next up, Jack Doyle. Now, this is a great name. Again, Lucas and I both have him at number 11. This is, I mean, don't forget about Jack Doyle, right? For years with Andrew Luck, Jack Doyle has been absolutely fantastic. His best year was in 2017. He finished his tight end seven in 15 games. He had uh, 80 receptions on 108 targets, 690 yards, about nine yards per reception, just four touchdowns, but that could go up. I see no reason why he can't basically get the same workload from Rivers, who loves the tight end. And Indianapolis gave Doyle an extension in free agency, right? So they brought in Trey Trey Burton, who was kind of a you know a one time uh, a one time flash with with the Eagles, the Philly special, namely um, gets a big contract from the Bears. Doesn't do anything with the Bears last year. They boot him. He ends up with the Colts. I think he's still a young, talented option, but he's not going to override Jack Doyle as the starter there. Eric Ebron obviously gone now to Pittsburgh, so. Don't sleep on Jack Doyle. I think he's been a very reliable PPR tight end over the years, played with multiple quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett and otherwise when Andrew Luck's been out. Now he gets Phillip Rivers, who is past his prime, not going to be chucking it deep as much. That's why I'm fading guys like T.Y. Hilton. I think in the red zone, um, really it comes down to Michael Pittman Jr., who's a rookie, and then uh, um, Jack Doyle as far as the size in the red zone in the big body. Now they still have, you know, Mo Ali Cox there, but he's kind of been a flash in the pan as well. So I think that Jack Doyle and John o. Smith are some of these guys. That, again, I'm not saying draft them as your number nine or 10 tight end because you don't have to. The, the, the uh, ADP on these guys is 13th, 14th, 15th round undrafted. Sometimes you don't have to pick them up. You may not even have to draft them at all. And you can just keep an eye on the first week or two and you pick them up as a waiver, as a waiver scoop. But for me, rankings wise, John Smith, huge upside, not so much of a floor. Jack Doyle, great floor, not so much upside. So again, these guys could also balance each other out here. We've got them at consensus nine and 10. Let's move on to Tyler Higby. Now I have Tyler Higby at 13. Lucas has him at 10. Tyler Higby was absolutely unreal last year down the stretch, right? He finished with 522 yards and two touchdowns over the final five games alone while seeing a massive 56 targets over that stretch. He and Gerald Everett combined for 85 targets in 2018. I'll say that again. Over the last five games alone, Tyler Higby by himself had 522 yards and two touchdowns and 56 targets for Tyler Higby. The previous season, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby combined for 85 targets. Now, that to me is exciting because we saw what Tyler Higby was able to do when he was the number one guy. He was by far the best tight end down the stretch. He exploded for the Rams. The Rams really turned this offense to benefit uh, Tyler Higby, but there's a few things we need to take into consideration here. Brandon Cooks last year was hurt for the Rams down the stretch. Cooper Cup was dealing with some lingering injuries down the stretch. Todd Gurley was honestly better than people give him credit for down the stretch, but not vintage Todd Gurley. Jared Goff was basically seeing ghosts, and he was kind of gun-shy down the stretch. This entire offense was struggling. So Tyler Higby was a fresh body. He was a guy that teams, frankly, did not have a lot of game film on is the reality. So when Gerald Everett went down and got injured, Tyler Higby came in as a fresh body, a fresh energy for this offense, a fresh uh, target for defenses to uh, to cover and get reports on, and Jared Goff lit him up. So I like Tyler Higby a lot. I think that the upside clearly is there. He's top three, top five if he gets all the work. The reality is he's not going to get all the work. Gerald Everett is back healthy. We say it all the time, but Gerald Everett was um, Sean McVay's first Draft is an NFL head coach, draft pick, I should say. Um, that matters, right? Uh, 
Gerald Everett also kept Tyler Higby pretty much quiet while he was um, healthy last year. Not to mention, Cooper Cup is coming back healthy. Looks better than ever, right? He's got his off-season in-the-gym uh, pictures. Dude, swole AF. I think he's going to be just fine. They got Robert Woods coming back for another great year. They draft Van Jefferson. They still have Josh Reynolds, who I personally think is severely underrated. And once the Rams kick him to the curb next year, I'm sure he'll go be the number two on some other team and be just fine. So they're stacked. They bring in Cam Akers. They still have Daryl Henderson and uh, Malcolm Brown. So there's a lot of other options here with Higby this year versus down the stretch last year. So I'm not hating on Higby, but he is outside of my top 12. He's just on the borderline of the top 10 for Lucas and many other people in the industry have Tyler Higby in the top six or seven. The talent is there. I'm not taken away from that, but it's the opportunity and the fact that again, he was, uh, he was, he benefited from the opportunity last year, which you should do. He did his job. He was the next man up. They, they focused on him and he crushed. I'm not taking that away from him, but Everett's back. Cup is back. The rest of these weapons are coming in. Van Jefferson and, and Cam Akers are coming in. They're going to take targets as well. So I have to bump the hype on Tyler Higby down just a fuzz. But again, if anybody else gets injured and he gets another workload, he could be top five. So again, I think a decent floor, great ceiling, but let's temper expectations in 2020 for Tyler Higby. Next up, Mike Kosicki. I have him at 15. I'm definitely fading, and I'll go into this why. Lucas has him at eight. So this is our first of our kind of like significant discrepancies here. So I like Mike Kosicki a lot. This is similar to Tyler Higby. Down the stretch, Mike Kosicki was the next hottest tight end down the stretch outside of Tyler Higby, right? Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki went nuts down the stretch. No run game in Miami. Their defense was horrendous. They were behind in every single game. All the other receivers got injured. Preston Williams goes down in week nine. Mike Kosicki took off. Now, he has Chan Gailey coming in as the offensive coordinator. In eight years, Gailey has called an offense. Tight ends have finished 28th or worst in seven of them. Tony Gonzalez, the legend, Tony Gonzalez was the only one who succeeded in that. And Tony Gonzalez is just a Hall of Famer, and that's what he does. But again, in eight years of Chan Gailey, who's a longtime head coach, longtime offensive coordinator in the National Football League, in eight years of him being an OC, which he is now for the Dolphins, in eight of those years, seven times the tight end position finished 28th or worst in fantasy. Now, if you take it with the, like, if you just take that right away, you're like, oh man, we got to drop Kasiki way down. Well, again, Tony Gonzalez was able to make it happen because he's uber athletic. He commands the work share because he's a beast. I totally believe in Mike Kasiki as an athlete himself. If he was in another, um, uh, another offensive scheme that focused on the tight end. I think again, like Higby and like a lot of these guys, John o. Smith, if they focused on these guys, they're all coming into the NFL as hybrid wide receiver tight ends these days. Okay. They could all be top three, top five talent, but it's opportunity that we're looking for here in fantasy football. And I just don't think it's going to be there again, as it was last year for Mike Kosicki. Okay. Mike Kosicki was basically, you know, quiet and subdued while Preston Williams a rookie last year, basically only played six games before tearing his ACL. And he muted uh, Devontae Parker quite a bit as well because there was those two guys to feed and they were still trying to figure out the run game and whatnot. Well, Preston Williams is coming back healthy. Devontae Parker showed finally after five seasons what he could do. So they got to hyper-target him. Fitzmagic is still the dude who doesn't hate the tight end position, but he likes to chuck it deep. Let's not, let's not fool ourselves. So he's going to be looking on the outside. If Tua takes over, we'll see what he does. Alabama didn't necessarily fade the tight end, but you know we saw what Jerry Judy and 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 Henry Ruggs were able to do, right? So they're going to be focusing on the on the wide receiver there as well. Not to mention they bring in two great running backs, or I would say very good running backs in my opinion, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. So just like Tyler Higby, not the talent; it's the situation. I love both of these guys as players. It's the situation. Last year they were both really capitalized on the opportunity. They did their best and they crushed. This year, a lot of new uh, mouths to feed for the Rams, a lot of new mouths to feed for the Dolphins. I think we got to fade them a little bit. And look, again, I'm not like crushing these guys outside my top 20, but they're not in my top eight, which I think they are for most people. Now, I'm going to let Lucas defend himself on Gesicki, who's in the eight. I'm going to let Lucas defend himself on, on Higby, who's in uh, the top 10. But I cannot uh, put him up there in that um, in that position. 
All right. We do have a handful of people here in the chat room. So give me just a second here while I take just a break and catch my breath here. Give me maybe just 15, 20 seconds here to, to catch this up here. So nice to see the CB kid back in the place. Good to see you again, brother. NBA rigged. You guys have both been uh, in, the, in the chat room the last couple of days. I, I appreciate you. So give me one second to catch my breath and I'll uh, read these comments here for you. Is there any value with Waller in the sixth? hundred percent. Absolutely. I like that a lot. Ingram is a much better talent than Hunter Henry. Talent-wise, straight-up talent, I do agree with you. Um, again, it comes down to opportunity there, though. Um, I do have John o. Smith higher than Hurst. And Cook and, and uh, Fanta Gasicki, yes. And again, John Smith, there's only two mouths to feed. I mean, three, I guess, if you want to uh, bring in Corey Davis. But again, I am uh, very much um, a fan of John Smith as a talent. We saw what he was able to do. And let's not forget, man, even with Marcus Mariota, uh, last couple of years before he got injured, an old, you know, 35-plus-year-old um, Delaney Walker was able to really do some damage here in this offense. So they need a tight end to be a part of this offense. Look at the 49ers. Look at the Eagles. Um, look at these other teams that focus on the run first, right? And the Ravens with Mark Andrews. They need that tight end to work off the play action. And John o. Smith is definitely that guy. He was working hand in hand last year, didn't really get the chance. Now I think he's going to be full fledged. So I like him a lot. This is a great question. CB, I'm going to throw you up on the screen here. Are these rankings where we think they're going to finish? I can't imagine Smith going before guys like Gronk, Gesicki, Jarwin, and Hurst. Again, these are rankings of, of how I how I would personally look at them on how I would draft them and the value that they're going to bring, which does take into consideration their final season finish. Now, is Jonah Smith going to go ahead of Gronk in drafts? Absolutely not. Ahead of Gesicki? Probably not. Ahead of Jarwin? Maybe, because um, Jarwin's another late guy I'll get to here in a bit. Ahead of Hurst, absolutely not. I am more confident, personally, I'm more confident in Jono Smith than Gronk, Gesicki, Jarwin. And uh, Hayden Hurst is right on that bubble, you know. Um, but, again, it, it all comes down to just the talent, which which I like there a lot. Um, like that. Doyle, get him in the 13th, 14th round, Absolutely. Just reading through the rest of these here for you guys real quick. It took a couple minutes here. All right. I love it. Yeah, and, and talking about Todd Gurley again, I, I think Todd Gurley's fantastic. And I think he's going to have a huge part of this offense. So I do appreciate it here. And um, <laughs> I love that. I'm going to throw you up here too. NBA rigged. Todd Gurley will be hometown cooking. I 100% agree. Let's not forget he used to be a Georgia Bulldog heading back home uh, to to Atlanta there to play for the Falcons. So I like that a lot. I really appreciate you guys jumping in. Thank you so much again. And and you know usually while I do this, um, you know generally we'll have uh, somebody jumping in. You know Lucas will, will have a take, and then I'll be I'll be in here and um, we can look at your. Uh, your questions a little bit easier. So um, I, I apologize for the delay in uh, getting these, getting these back with you guys, but um, I do appreciate you jumping in and uh, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to get back into it. So let's get back to the program here. Thank you guys for jumping in. If you have any other questions or uh, comments while we get going, let me know and I'll take a, take a peek at that. All right. So jumping back into this. Now I want to make sure that we uh, blaze through the rest of these guys with the rest of the 20 minutes here. So we we're at number 12 with Mike Kosicki. I just went over that. I'm going to take just a, a quick little break here and make sure that everybody heard. If not, and uh, both you guys listening in um, as well in the chat room and all the other viewers and listeners also on the channel and listening on the podcast retroactively and on YouTube as well and the Landry Football Networks at LandryFootball.com. Make sure you go and join us for the TCK Pod Listener League, the Candlestick Kid Fantasy Football Podcast Listener League. 
last year, if you weren't included, last year we had a listener league. It was a super good time. Lucas, myself, and 10 other people joined a listener league. We played through the whole season. We draft together. We talk about it on every single week. We discuss the, the draft guide and, or excuse me, the draft. We discuss the league, how it's going on. We talk about the players and the matchups every single week. And we do have a TCK pod specific preview throughout the season, which I think Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast will be joining me for each week. I would love to do that. I would love to have you in it. So if you'd like to be a part of that, go hit us up in our DMs, either on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod or on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Let, let us know why you appreciate the podcast. Let us know one thing we can change to better the podcast. I'm open to criticism. Hit me with it. We want to make the best opportunity for you. We want to bring you the most value possible. So let us know what we can improve on, how long you've been listening to um, our networks, whether that's back three seasons, or maybe it's you just found us on Twitch, you just found us on YouTube, on the podcast, whatever it may be, let us know, please. And then we will be back in touch and uh, you can um, keep uh, keep abreast to the uh, podcast and, and the, the Twitch network as well on updates. Lucas and I will come back on Monday and let you know about more of these insights here. So let us know about that and we would love to be in touch. Also, please make sure and go get yourself a draft guide. So we will be uh, dropping more information um, on this uh, league in general. We'll, we'll let you know the exact format, right? You guys are, are asking right away, what's the listener league going to be on platform-wise? We will drop that next week. Um, who is invited? Again, please send us a screenshot of your review. Let us know an honest review on you know, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, the Chris Landry Networks, the podcast, wherever you're listening, please subscribe, hit the heart below here on Twitch or hit the subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a rate and review. We much appreciate it. Send us a screenshot of that to our DMs on Instagram or Twitter and let us know that you're interested in playing. We will gather all that information over the next week or two and we will reach out to those um, that qualify. We do want to make sure that you're doing this, okay? We're not asking much. I just want some basic information from you and I want to make sure that you are a dedicated listener and follower of the podcast because this league is specifically for the Candlestick Kids supporters. And I want to make sure that we are truly allowing those folks to play and not filling it up with folks that, no disrespect, maybe you're just not as integrated as other people. And that's totally fine. We know there's a lot of channels out there, but we want to make sure that the supporters of this program are, in fact, involved with our listener league. So go check that out. You can also get more information at our draft guide at tckpod.com. Also, follow us every Monday through Thursday on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football live on Twitch Monday through Thursdays, and uh, Lucas will be back with us next week. All right, let me blaze through the back half of our rankings here. I'll go a little bit quicker through these. Number 13, Noah Fant. I've got him at 12. Lucas has him at 13. Again, a lot of new mouths to feed here for the Broncos. He showed incredible athleticism last year. He had two of the biggest plays out of the tight end position last year. He was absolutely fantastic, but again, I'm a little concerned. Um, not concerned, I should say, but what is, what is Drew Locke going to do? Can he actually sustain um, Cortland Sutton, who I think is one of the one of the best younger receivers in this league. Jerry Judy, who is a polished rookie coming in. KJ Hamler, let's not forget about him. Deshaun Hamilton is still around. They bring in Melvin Gordon, who we've seen is a perennial excellent uh, fantasy football uh, asset and um, pass catcher. Royce Freeman, who's just collecting dust, is a great pass catcher. They also have Philip Lindsay as well. So where does he fit in? Not to mention they bring in Albert O, who was actually – Drew Locke's favorite target in college. So do they already have that rapport that might take away from Noah Fant just a little bit? So I'm fading him, but not as much as actually Lucas. He's a Broncos fan too, and he's actually fading him even more at 16. Next up, Austin Hooper. I've got him at 17. Lucas has him at 12. This comes down to the Browns, man. I, with Jarvis Landry on the fence to start the season, I could raise Austin Hooper, I would say probably three or four spots. If, if if Jarvis Landry is legit out for the first week, maybe three, maybe four, lands on the pup officially, any of that stuff, um, I will raise Austin Hooper because I think that you know Odell and Donovan Peoples-Jones and Kareem Hunt are not going to take all of the share. I think there will be more opportunity there for Austin Hooper. But again, I think he was a huge contributor um, in Atlanta because of the opportunity. They basically had Julio and Calvin Ridley. That was it. Devonta Freeman got hurt um, the last couple of seasons. They didn't really have anybody else out there. They got rid of Muhammad Sanu and Austin uh, Hooper took off there in Atlanta, finishing tight end six the last two weeks. So 
I don't hate Austin Hooper as a player. Again, a lot of this just has to come down to the situation, and they still have, you know, two other, uh, I think, great tight ends. Um, and we know that Kevin Stefanski is going to want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, pass, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, pass. They've got Odell. They've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, eventually Jarvis Landry, and, of course, Kareem Hunt. And let's not pretend like Nick Chubb isn't going to get any work in the pass game. He's also there too. So I just don't see the workload being what it was in Atlanta. I don't think as safe as Austin Hooper is, he's just not incredibly athletic to make a lot of plays after the catch. His giant run a couple years ago was a stiff arm over the middle. He had a he had an 80-yard run over the middle of the field untouched. I just don't see him doing that very often because of his athletic profile. So I'm going to fade him a little bit. I've got him at 17. Lucas carrying the weight a little bit at number 12, but he falls in at number 14. Next up, Blake Jarwin. He is one of my favorite late round. Um, I don't even know if he's a sleeper at this point because a lot of people, especially my boy, uh, Mike, the fantasy hitman, right over at the fantasy footballers. He has been, you know, jumping on the, the Jarwin train all season. I feel like Mike and I have kind of been the only ones on it for real, for real since the beginning. But Mike uh, has been, you know, producing that train quite a bit. So Jarwin, in my opinion, is just in line. And I keep saying there's a lot of mouths to feed in all these other offenses. Obviously, the Cowboys maybe have that biggest case. You know, they bring in uh, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, obviously, they have Gallup and, and Amari Cooper, and they have um, – uh, Zeke as well. But honestly, man, like Jarwin and Jason Witten combined last year for 124 targets. Okay. He had 41 targets alone last year and converted 75% of those catches for 600 or 365 yards and three touchdowns. Okay. If we give Jarwin a boost to 80 targets, which is basically leaving 40 plus left to the tight end position, his numbers are closer to 65 receptions, 700 yards, and six touchdowns. That should be top 12 at the tight end position. That's 40 targets unaccounted for, okay? Jason Witten was the tight end 11 last year. Jarwin has top 10 upside, I think even top eight upside in this offense, easy. And he could get closer to 100 targets of those 124 Um He's no question he's a great value late in drafts. I love Blake Jarwin. And a lot of people are like, oh, they bring in CeeDee Lamb, blah, blah, blah. Look, there's like 80 to 100 targets that CeeDee Lamb can just have that are left over from Randall Cobb, who is now in Houston. So I'm not worried about CeeDee Lamb like at all. I, I'm just not. Uh, the Cowboys traditionally have focused on the tight end position. Again, Jason Witten, almost 40 years old. Jason Witten was the tight end 11 last year. I think Blake Jarwin has, has just leaps and bounds more athletic. He's going to have more opportunity. I think he's going to be just fine. Even at 15 or 14, I've got him 17 for Lucas, 15 consensus, I think is even a little low on this guy. Um, he could absolutely be top 10. And again, like, like uh, John U. Smith, like Jack Doyle, they're getting, he's getting forgotten about in drafts. If you're streaming tight ends or you're looking to punt the position all the way to the end, or you're grabbing a backup for Kelsey or Kittle or Ertz or Andrews or Waller, just in case they get injured, Jarwin is a great guy that you can get for free in drafts, so I like that a lot. Number 16, this is where it gets spicy, and Lucas and I went in hard on Rob Gronkowski. He is consensus number 16, but listen to this. I've got him at number 10. <laughs> Lucas has him at 22, all right? 22 for Lucas, number 10 for me. He averages out at number 16. We are in complete different spectrums of this, right? Over Rob Gronkowski's career, he's posted top five type numbers in 41% of his games, which is easily the best of all time. The closest tight end to him is Travis Kelsey, and he posted those numbers in 32% of the time. So Gronk is not Gronk of old. We know that. I'm not going to pretend that a year off slamming beers on the beaches, you know, hanging out in the booth and doing guest appearances on Fox Sports and stuff, losing 40 pounds. I'm not going to pretend like he's the Gronk of old. However, again, he looks great in the offseason. And the most important part of this whole thing is he's not just coming back to come back. He's coming back with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is also past his prime. He is not over the hump completely, but he's not Tom Brady of five, six, eight, ten 10 years ago that Gronk and he'd set records with. But these guys have a mind meld. They've been playing together for 10 years. They're in Tampa Bay. A lot of other weapons out there, but again, Godwin and Evans are going to be on the outside. I do think OJ Howard gets a little bit of work, but Gronk is going to be just fine here. I think he's, you know, what scares me about Gronk is while you get value on Janu, Doyle, and Jarwin, in my opinion, you have to get Gronk in like the sixth round, just on name alone. That worries me. I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. So 
for me, I am I am worried about that. I think that there's going to be a significant um, disappointment maybe in Gronk if he's not able to get double-digit touchdowns, all right? So um, I agree, right? So glad you had Gronk at number 10. Uh, he will fly off the board because he's locked in around 10 touchdowns. I agree with you, man, right? Um, now, my concern again, though, is if he does get injured or he isn't going to hit that, then he could be significantly overvalued, and I'm I'm worried about it because as much as Brady is going to bring value for Gronkowski, we know that traditionally Bruce Arians just doesn't. Chris Godwin's going to eat. Mike Evans is going to eat. All right, they have other options there in that passing game. Rojo, they bring in Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, there's other options. Not to mention Cameron Brait still around, right? OJ Howard's still there. So can Gronk get 60 for 606? Absolutely. And if he does that, he's probably top 12 just because that's how the tight end position works. So I'm going to put him in my top 10 because I think he and Brady, at least for six, eight games, go out there and have fun and prove a point. So that could Gronk could get all of his work in top 12 in half a season. But Lucas is <laughs> obviously not feeling it. All right. I got just about five more minutes in the program. So I'm going to blaze through these names here. Less analysis, just a few more names to round out our consensus. At 17, Dallas Goddard, again, handcuffed to Zach Ertz. He's, if Zach Ertz goes down, Goddard, top five. Otherwise, back up. But he did finish top 10 last year. TJ Hawkinson, I've got him at 19. Lucas has him at 14. I love the love the talent. I love the opportunity with Matt Stafford coming in healthy again. But he had one good game last year and kind of faded year two. I want to see it before I rank him any higher than that. But definitely a nice sleeper tight end and a streamable option, of course. Jared Cook here, I've got him at 16. Lucas has him at 21. He comes in at 19 consensus. This is a big one, man. I mean, he had he had good work last year, finished top seven, but most of that came in literally two or three games. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders, still have Mike uh, Michael Thomas. They have Alvin Kamara, obviously, as well. I'm just not 100% uh, sure about Jared Cook at this point of his career. He will have some nice games, but I don't want him on my team because it's going to be a headache. Eric Ebron, another nice sleeper, low floor, Big ceiling. I've got him at 20. Lucas has him at 18. He could have a couple games here where he does catch multiple touchdowns if he can stay healthy. Another streamable tight uh, tight end option. Uh, Ian Thomas of the Panthers. Again, just not sure what we're going to get. We saw Greg Olson be a perennial top um, uh, tight end one over his career with Cam Newton, but Cam Newton's gone. He's in New England, right? So what are we going to get from Ian Thomas in this Matt Rule offense that should be fun and gun? Right, DJ Moore is over the middle. Curtis Samuel is over the middle. Robbie Anderson's down, uh, down the the middle of the field, uh, or down the sideline, I should say. But you know, of course, this whole offense is going to run through Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so I'm not sure where to put Ian Thomas. He's one of these guys though that could go undrafted and finish top 15 because um, he's just that talented. But not sure on the workload. A couple other guys here, Chris Herndon. Let's not forget about Chris Herndon with the Jets last year. You know, he got suspended for four games. He came back for basically a few snaps. Blew out his hamstring. He was done for the year. Went on IR. Didn't do anything. I've got him at number 21. I don't want to forget about him. Lucas has him unranked right now. Um, but, again, there's not many other mouths to feed in this Jets offense. Crowder, maybe. Um, you know, uh, Lev Bell, obviously, whatever. Um, but, you know, Denzel Mims, another rookie in this offseason. So I do think there's a place for Chris Herndon and, and uh, talks out of Jets camp is that he's going to get more work. So don't forget about Chris Herndon. If you play in a two tight end league or a tight end premium league, he is definitely a sleeper name uh, for me for sure. Greg Olson, a fantasy football legend. Um, I just, again, old. <laughs> One of three tight ends there for uh, the Seattle Seahawks. He's going to get plenty of work because they they utilize the tight end, but Hollister is still there. Um, I just uh, am not super excited about uh, Greg Olson, so I'm going to punt him. Irv Smith, another young budding star. I would have a much, much higher if Kyle Rudolph wasn't around. Kyle Rudolph is around. They gave him another extension. Irv Smith is just kind of a budding star waiting to happen. I've got him at 23. Lucas has him unranked. Don't forget about him. Again, tight end premium. Maybe take a stab on him. Certainly a dynasty grab for sure. A couple honorable mentions here. Gerald Everett for the Rams. I have him unranked um, in my top 25 at least, but Lucas has him at 23. Again, he was outpacing Tyler Higby until he got injured. I think he comes back as a significant role in this offense. I like Gerald Everett um, as a late, late round guy. If you punt the, the position and also if Higby – you know, maybe if, if you draft Higby early, maybe just spend a, a last pick on Gerald Everett to lock in that position because you never know. Last one here, OJ Howard, same thing. We we have seen him be extremely efficient, mostly with Jameis Winston, 
But um, let's not forget, if, if Gronkowski does go down and Brady is around, we know that Brady wants to throw to the tight end. He wants to involve the tight end with the play action. So if Gronk does go down, O.J. Howard is a guy that everybody's you know pissed at from last year because he got hurt in the fourth round. But he's also um, you know somebody that's kind of fading between the cracks. So I like that a lot. All right, y'all, that is a lot of information. I appreciate you sticking with me. Um, last question here. Tight end is all about probability of the touchdown NBA rig nail on the head, my man. You're absolutely correct. And I totally agree with you. Now, what that means basically is that like that you play that touchdown upside. Other positions don't do it. Tight end position, absolutely. Because the difference between a four and 40 performance for eight points and four and 40 and a touchdown, and all of a sudden you're looking at 14 points. I mean, that's a significant swing. So totally agree. All right, y'all. It's a lot of information. I have to get out of here. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Thursday. Come vibe with us again next week, Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. You can catch all the Landry football networks on LandryFootball.com. Check us out, tckpod.com. Hit us up in the DMs. Leave us an honest review about the TCK Pod Listener League. Go get the draft guide at tckpod.com. And I will catch you next week. Have a wonderful weekend that wraps up week two of Landry football with the TCK pod and tight end rankings. Appreciate y'all be safe out there. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other for my host, Lucas Kaser. I am Sky Guasco and we are out of here. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.